Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. We're going to talk today about biblical insights to serving. Now, lots of people have ideas, and you know, there, there's a lot of people uh, that don't name the name of the Lord, and they might do good deeds and that kind of thing. But we're going to talk about biblical insights to serving. And I'm not saying that things that people do are, are bad or anything like that. I'm just saying we uh, set our standards on the Word of God, and that's what we follow as we serve, okay? So, if you're like me, I want my life to be used by the Lord. Do you want that? I want my life to count. One of these days, we're not going to be in this place. We're going to be in heaven. And when we go to heaven, it's only the treasure that you lay up here on the earth that is kingdom treasure that is going to follow you to heaven. You know this and you understand this. That nice home that you have, your possessions that you have, your retirement that you have, the money that you have in savings that you have, all of that is not going with you. It's not going with me. Even though I have labored and, you know, uh, done things to build my life up here on the earth just like you have. But those things are not really the things that count. See, we're looking at the temporal, like the Bible calls it, the temporary. We're looking at the life now on the earth, these 70, 80, whatever, 90, whatever you get. They're lo we're looking as human beings at what's going on right now. But there's the other dimension. There's the other realm that's called heaven. And it's more important because we're going to spend eternity in that place. And we're just passing through. That's what the Bible says. We're just passing through. So the things that we do that really matter are things that lay up the treasures in heaven. And I know that most people in this room, that you would want that. Well, then we've got to think about it. We've got to plan for it, and we've got to have an action plan for it. Oh, I'll do that. You know, I'm building my business. I'll do that. I'll get to that. Well, I understand. You know, if you've got a business, you've got to give yourself to it. And, you know, um, and in the beginning days, there's so much work and so much effort. But I'm going to tell you, if you lay up your treasures in heaven, if you serve God by your actions and your works and good deeds and things like that, in the, in the middle of building your business or raising your family, it doesn't matter. If you'll do it, you're, you're getting stock in heaven. You know what I'm saying? Your stock is in heaven. Now, see, I've seen people, and, and, you know, they have children, they have a family, and the next thing you know, they're out of church, they're not serving God. Well, when my kids get a certain age, uh, then I'll get back in church and I'll really be involved. You know what I've seen? That doesn't happen because, number one, the children don't get used to being in church, to be being brought up in church. Then they get in soccer or whatever it is, and they're doing something else 
when it's time to go to the house of the Lord. Now, I'm just being honest with you here. I might be too close to home, but I've walked this out for years now, and you see it and you understand it. God gave you those children to raise those children in God's house and teach them the principles of God. And, and what we do here, we assist parents in that. With You know, we have, even in the nursery and the preschool, we're teaching those kids it's on a level that they can learn. And then, uh, you know, elementary ministry, we're teaching them the Word of God. And so we assist parents. So don't, don't fall for that. And if you have, get out of it. Don't stay in it. That's what's so wonderful about the kingdom. You know, when you hear the Word of God, if it touches something in you and it's a quickie point, don't turn your head or get mad at the spokesman, but obey God and say, you know what? That's going to be different. I'm changing. I'm changing. And you know what? You can. Isn't that the truth? Yes. Well, it is. All right, Philippians 1.10 in the Living Bible says this. For I want you to understand, this is Paul speaking to the Philippian church, for I want you to understand what really matters. I want you to understand what really matters. If Paul was saying that, then he understood the things that I just said. You can get caught up in your business. You can get caught up in your family. Now, should you take care of those things? I'm not indicating that you shouldn't. Of course you should. But in the middle of that, and at the same time, understand what really matters. Those things you've got to take care of. You have responsibilities. But understand what I'm talking to you about today is God has given you talents and abilities to use for Him. Now, you might use them you know, for yourself, in your business, on your job, whatever the case may be. You may be using that, and that's fine. But for sure, lay up your treasures in heaven. Do something that matters. Amen? It's very important. People spend their whole life. I've, I used to go uh, many years ago to the nursing home all the time. I go to different ones, and I would minister to those people. And one of the things that I understood after a certain period of time of talking to those people, and it would usually, now it might take place at the end of when I ministered the word to them, but most likely it was going to be when I went around to their rooms and visited with them. I shared the word, but I wanted to share a visit too because they're lonely they don't have people to visit them many times, and so they love that. So I go around, and one of the things that I heard, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. You see, they had regrets about their life, and usually the regrets would be what they didn't do for the Lord, what God had given them as far as abilities, and they didn't use it for Him and to lay up the treasures in heaven that I've been talking about to you today. So we don't want to be that way, and we don't need to be that way. You know, it, it's the most wonderful thing how God sets up the kingdom. You may have not been understanding and doing what you need to do, but it can start today. 
And don't hear what I'm saying. I'm going to do that. Hear what I say today. Go out of this. I'm going to do that. Don't do that. Today, make a decision and do something about it. It's just not what you say. It's what you do. It's what you do. You know, God made me. This is, this is just how I am, okay? And some of you work around me. You might not like it, but it's just the way I am. It's how, the God, it's how God wired me. It's like, okay, I see something, and it needs to be done in God's house. It needs to be done with a facility. It needs to be done, um, uh, you know, as far as the service goes and serving other people. You know what I'm going to do to the best of my ability? I know things, sometimes you have to step by step walk it out, but there's some things you can get it done. And you know what? I'm a get it done person. And we, we all need to be to some extent. We all don't have the same personality, and you're all not like me, and I'm not saying that, and I'm not uh, trying to say that you should. But you should not let things go on and on and on that you know to do. You know, if God speaks to you and He said, I want you to do thus and so for this person, what do you do? Put that off, put it off, put it off, and then the next thing you know, It doesn't matter anymore. No, do what God tells you to do. Do the things that really matter. If he wants you to just encourage somebody, do something that matters and that encouragement might help somebody from faltering, failing, giving up, quitting. You just don't know. But just don't put it off. Do the things that really matter. Say this, say, I'm going to do... The things that really matter. Amen. All right. Now, we, I like to look at my life as I'm not spending my life. You know, when I, spending, there's, there's a certain connotation in my mind when, when I hear I'm spending my life. It's like, it's not counting. It doesn't matter. But when I think about investing my life, that says to me, it really matters. And that's what's important. I'm investing my life, not spending it to where it's going to be gone, nothing to show for it. But I'm investing my life into something, into the stock of God, if you will, and the stock of the kingdom. And it is going to make a difference and not be wasted. None of us want our lives to be wasted, do we? We don't. We want it to matter. So we invest our life into the things that matter in the kingdom. And you know, Revelation 15, 13, it talks about, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it talks about their works do follow them. Think about that. You're going to get to heaven one day, and, you know, we, we think about that. Well, that's never going to happen. Well, how many of you, when you were 20 years old, and you looked and said, well, uh, 50 years old, I'll never get there, and voila. <laughs> Here you are today at whatever age you are. But see, that's the same way. That's how heaven is going to be. But we're going to get to heaven, and then I I want all these 
thing to follow me, don't you? I want the things that have done, I've done upon this earth that really matter kingdom-wise, I want them to follow me. Now, I'm talking about serving at redemption this morning, finding your place, because that's the context, again, that God's given us to serve. But I don't in any way think that's the only place to serve. I serve in different ways. And I'm not here to tell you I've got my act together. I always do it right. I, you know, follow every opportunity because that wouldn't be the truth. And you know it because none of us are perfect. But I look for opportunities. You remember that story that Eddie told about Walmart? Me being in Walmart and, you know, the Spanish lady, she asked if we can speak Spanish. And, you know, Eddie's just looking and I say, well, maybe some. He cracked up. He laughed and laughed and laughed. Well, I did have Spanish, but I don't remember a lot of it. But you know what? More that was in my heart that day, I want to help this lady. She had been at that counter. You know, we were behind her. She was checking out. And the, the lady at the cash register could not understand what she was saying. And she was trying to speak into her phone and then show her in English, but she still couldn't get it. And I thought, give me that thing. I want to see what, if I can help you. And so it ended up uh, where the, the card that she had, they couldn't use it for certain items that she had. And so she had to step away and go to the side. Well... I let Eddie do what we were doing. I went over there with her, and um, I had some money, whatever I had in my billfold. I took it, folded it up, and I put it in her hand, and I looked right into her eyes and got her little face, and I said, Jesus loves you. Well, she doesn't speak English, but I knew she knew Jesus, the word Jesus. And she just began to cry. And then she went and took care of her business. And then she sent her little girl over. And her little girl just got wrapped her arms around my leg and just hugging me, you know. And I gave her a big old hug. And I did what I feel like that the Lord would have me do. Now, I didn't, you know, I can't tell you that I spoke a lot of Spanish that day to her. <laughs> Some of you all need to give me a lesson or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, taking time for the things that really matter. Now, we, you know, we had a bunch of stuff going through there. You know, it was on a Monday. We do errands and all that. So I'm in a hurry. I don't have time for that. What's she doing? You know, that kind of thing. Holding up the line. You understand what I'm saying? But take time to see the opportunities and invest in the things that really matter because that's what's going to follow you to heaven one day. And this is hard for me to, yeah. This is hard for me to say this. Cleaning your house is not sometimes what really matters. I'm a real cleaner, you understand? Don't give me a dirty house because I can't stand it. I want things in order and I want them clean. That's just in me. And we should clean up our house. But sometimes you have to leave that. I remember there was a time um, I was doing uh, uh, spring cleaning. When I do spring cleaning, I tear up everything in my house, upside down, 
because I'm getting in every nook and cranny and drawers and closets and, you know, doing all that. And I have, you know, a group of ladies that have helped me. It's not always the same ladies, but they help me do my cleaning. And I got a phone call. And uh, right as we're in the middle of that, and I looked horrible, you know, had on the work clothes, had my hair all pulled back, you know, probably not much makeup, that kind of thing. And I got a call. And, um, you know, we've always had people that handle things like going to the hospital, but there was an emergency and I needed to go. And Eddie was out of the country. That's why I was doing that special cleaning. Because <laughs> it drives him bananas. Okay, so anyway, so I had to make a decision. Oh my gosh, I, I'm in the middle of this. I look horrible, but I know I've got to go. So I'm just going to go. So I told the ladies what was going on, and I think we all prayed together before I left to go to the hospital. But I threw some little more decent clothes on and got ready and went over there to pray. You know why? Because that is what really matters. Somebody was in need. And see, you'll encounter that. I encounter it all the time. And so... We do what really matters. And what really matters and what I'm emphasizing this morning is one thing is giving your life to God to obey Him in serving others. Now, it's not the only thing. It's not the only way that you uh, make your life matter. But that's what we're emphasizing this morning. And it's the truth of the Word. And it's something that that infiltrates your whole life, and it's very important. William Booth, who was the founder of the Salvation Army, one day he was supposed to go and speak at a special conference, and he was sick, and he wasn't going to be able to go. And so the, the people that were putting on the conference, they sent him word. And they said, we know you're not going to be able to be here, but it's important to us. We want to hear from you. And so we ask that you send us your words that you want us to hear. And you know what William Booth did? He sent them one word. Well, who would ever do that? They're just going to think he's foolish. You know what his word was? Other Others. That was his word, others. Now, why would he say that? Well, you know, the founder of Salvation Army, he meets the needs of people. He reaches out to the poor, the homeless, to feed and clothe and do all that. He was saying to those people that were attending that conference, think about other people. Why did he say think about other people? Because... Many times we as humans don't do that. We think about number one. So that word to me was simple but very profound. Wouldn't you say that it is? He was saying to them, love one another, serve one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, bear one another's burdens, feed others, clothe others, serve wherever there's a need, other people. Now that to me is a really special word. He didn't care what they thought. 
He wasn't looking for reputation. He was looking to make a point and an emphasis and a focus for those people to understand it's all about others. Say that with me. It's all about others. And, and, and we need to have that on our hearts and our minds. Now, this morning, I don't know that I'll get to all of this because I've got a way of stretching things out and maybe not get, getting all the material covered, but I'll get covered what I feel like that the Lord is saying here this morning, okay? We're going to talk about who should serve, why you should serve, and how you should serve. Those are important things, wouldn't you say? So we're going to start off on who should serve. And if you go to Ephesians 2, you'll look there and you'll see that the Bible says that you are saved by grace through faith. And it's not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. It's the Lord's doing, isn't it? And so you come to the Lord and you get born again, just like many people that prayed that prayer here this morning. You came to the Lord. There's not one thing you did to earn your salvation today. You came to Him through His grace, but you had faith in your heart to believe that He would come in, He would save you, and He would give you eternal life. And you accepted that, right? We don't do anything to earn that. And see, I guess, <clears throat> doing what I do in ministry, I see that that is a truth that is so precious. It's precious to me that I didn't earn anything. I, what I earned was not to have eternal life, but to be receive damnation. That's what I earned. That's what you earned. Doesn't matter. Well, I'm not, I've not been a bad person. It doesn't matter. You still have to have the grace of God to get born again. Okay, so we know that, and that's established. But then after that, it's a disservice to the body of Christ to say, then that's the end of it. Because if you keep reading on over in that same chapter about you're saved by grace through faith, I want you to look here. Ephesians 2.10 and uh, this is out of the Message Bible. It says, after you're born again, you receive that grace by faith, not earning, not working. Now listen to this. He said, God does the making and the saving. It's just what I said. He creates each of us by Jesus Christ to join him in the work he does the good work he has gotten ready for us to do and work we better be doing. Work that we better do, be doing. Now, isn't that um, very graphic out of the Message Bible? I really like that. So we're saved through the grace. He does the making and the saving. And then he said, I want you to be a partner with me. What does he want you to partner in? He wants you to partner in here that it's telling you in the same chapter, talking about how you came into the kingdom. He wants you to partner in work, in serving. That's how he wants you to partner. Let's read it again. 
He said he creates each of us by Jesus Christ to join him. You join the Lord. You're partners with God in the work he does. The good work. See, it's a good work. It's not bad. It's good. He has gotten ready for us to do. He's prepared things for us to do. You know, God knew that day that that Hispanic mother was in front of me. He knew that she would be there. And he knew that I would be there. And it may have given my husband the biggest laugh he's had in a long time. <laughs> it is kind of humorous. But I was able to show Jesus' love to that lady and help her in a time of need. And that's the work. I'm, I joined the Lord in the work. And He wants all of us to join the Lord in the work. Well, I work. I serve. I do. I know that. And I'm so glad. And we have so many people here that do. But as you hear these things today, let it refresh your soul. Let it refresh your mind. Let it prepare you for a new year in Jesus Christ. And maybe some of you, you, you don't know the things that I'm telling you. This is new. Well, it gives you an opportunity this morning to join the Lord and then join us. Don't you think so? Well, I do. Okay, so all of God's children, all of the born-again ones, should serve... Now listen to this. This may shock you. This is expected by the Lord. This is expected by the Lord. And that may be news to some people. See, I'm not saying that to take my Bible to beat you over the head. I'm saying this is God's Word. This is His guidance. This is His direction for life for us. And if we follow it, we're going to have a fruitful and productive life. And if we don't, we're going to be like those elderly people laying in their beds about ready to go. And many of them Christians, but they knew that they didn't do with their life what they needed to do. Don't be here and don't be like that. I, I pray you won't. So we all serve, that's who serves, everybody serves, and I just read you the scripture that tells you. And then we can serve because we're all gifted and have abilities. Uh, now this is important. If you read in Matthew over there, it talks about uh, men that the master had given talents to and then left, and it's symbolic of the Lord. That's what Jesus did. He gave gifts, talents, and abilities to men. And then he went to heaven, didn't he? Jesus went to heaven. And he's expecting us to do something with what God has given. I don't care if you're a child in here today. I don't care if you're a teenager. I don't care if you're a young parent or a young single person or an elderly person or in the middle. It doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's for every one of us to know that gifts, talents, and abilities have been given regardless of what we do with them. Regardless. 
we've been given those. And if you read about the parable of the talents, what happened? The master gave five talents to one. He gave two talents to another. And he gave one talent to someone else. Now, what does that mean? That means that each of us has gifts and abilities that differ from the other. What God has given me, he necessarily hasn't given you. But what God has given you, he hasn't necessarily given me. You understand? Now, some of us, you know, it's going to overlap and we have the same kind of giftings and that kind of thing. But we're not the same. But see, some people have this mistaken idea that only certain people have that those abilities and those gifts and those talents that it was talking about here. But that's a mistaken mindset right there. And I'm just, I'm just going to tear through that right now. We all have it. What did the one, what did the person that was given five talents, what did he do? He worked with those talents. He invested and he used them for the Lord and for the kingdom. And he multiplied it out and turned it into 10 talents. Isn't that beautiful? I know 10 talent people in here. God has given you certain abilities and you have worked with that and worked with that. And I see increase in your life. But then another one that didn't get five talents and they could have felt inferior. They only got two, but they didn't feel that way. They took the two that they have been given. See, God's not calling on you to do something that you've not been anointed and appointed to do. He's not going to hold you accountable for that. You know, he's not going to hold you accountable for pastoring a church or preaching messages and all. He's not going to hold you accountable for that if that's not what you're called to do. He's going to hold you accountable for the two talents that he gave you. And then what happened? The person worked with the two talents and turned it into four but then there was the one that had the one ta- the least of the gifts. And they went and dug a hole and buried the talent in the hole. I see that. I see that in God's work. People, they, you know, at least not that you can see. They may have more than you can see, but they don't do anything. And so... You know, they don't get involved. They don't reach out to people. They don't touch people. They don't serve in the church. They don't make a difference in that way with the gifts, talents, and abilities that they've been given. And then the next thing you know, it's buried, dug in a hole. You know what? God takes those gifts and he gives them to somebody else and multiplies theirs. That's what he said. Well, that's not fair. Well, use it. Use it or lose it. Isn't that the truth? Okay, so we've got to use what God gives us, and nobody is the same. But I'm going to tell you, we've all been entrusted with a certain amount of gifting and ability. Again, we're not all the same, but it's a misguided mindset for people. Did you hear what I said? If you're on Twitter, that's a good one to put it on there. It's a misguided mindset to think that you in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ don't need to serve. It's misguided. And let me tell you what the results of misguided mindset like that is. Weakness in the church, but not only in the church, but it is in the local. Many local churches cannot do 
what they're supposed to do because people don't get involved and use their talents and abilities that God has given them. And the church is weak. And the church at large because of that. And the kingdom, the kingdom of God has weakness because we don't do what we're supposed to do. So, I I was just thinking about one person who took an ability, a gift, a talent, whatever you want to call it, and he began to invest in that. And you know who it was? A little, lowly shepherd boy named David. David was unassuming when Samuel came down to his house to see his dad, Jesse, and he came down there, and here Jesse is so proud. You know, Samuel said, you have any sons? And he parades all those big old boys in front of Jesse, you know, the, or in front of Samuel, the prophet. And Samuel looks at each one. No, they're not the one. Then somebody else, you know, another son. No, he's not the one either. No, it's not him. No, it's not. He said, Jesse, is this it? Is this all you got? And Jesse said, well, I've got this, you know, young son. He's down there tending the sheep. I don't think it could be him. And Samuel said, get him up here. So David comes up there. And here's Samuel, the prophet, the man of God, stands in front of David and said, you're the man. You're the man. The man for what? The man to be anointed king. That's who you are. Because the king, Saul, the first king of Israel, just made a mess, didn't he? He just made a mess. And so Samuel knew that David was the man. But David looked so insignificant. What did David have that God could use? You know what he had? He had abilities that God had placed in him. And he was a man after God's own heart. We know that. We're told that. He was a man after God's own heart. But he was a shepherd And he looked like he couldn't do anything. Isn't that the truth? The way, I mean, you know, you think about great leaders and they started out as these children and people looking at them and they're, you know, they're just normal children and they're rambunctious and they're active. And, uh, uh, you know, you think nothing can ever happen with them. You know, what could, you know, what could you use them for, Lord? You know what I'm saying? You just think these things in your head. And isn't it something what God can do and He can raise up an individual to make so much difference? David, if you look at David's life, his brothers even put him down. He had had something in him that day that Samuel knew that the Lord showed Samuel. He had something in him that the prophet saw. And... And others couldn't see. His brothers couldn't see it. You know, when his father sent him out to to take food down there to the camp where, you know, uh, the army, the Israel army was. And 
the giants were there, Goliath was there, and they were just harassing God's people, taking advantage of them, mocking them, you know, threatening them, doing all kinds of things. And here are uh, Jesse's sons, David's brothers. Here they are down there, and they've been fighting, they've been doing what they were to do. And here comes David, the shepherd boy, bringing them food. And David begins to ask questions, and he asks his brother, Eliab, he asks him a question. And he just says, get out of here, you little shepherd boy. I don't know why you're asking me this stuff. You're just a lowly shepherd. I'm, I'm in the army. I, I'm, I'm a soldier. I'm the one. And David, you know, this is what we do when somebody doesn't accept us or receive us, you know. And I, you know, all of us have people that reject us and say things and do things. I, I do. I know you do too. But you know what? We need to learn the lesson that David learned that day and do exactly what he did. He turned from his brother who was ridiculing him, making him feel small in his own eyes, and he turned from that brother, didn't say anything that, that's recorded. He turned and then started asking other people, what's going to happen for the man who takes this giant down? What's going to happen? See, he had in his thoughts and minds the greatness, the seeds of greatness that God had put in there. Not only that little bit, that little shepherd boy. He had the seeds of greatness in there. And I'm going to tell you, there's seeds of greatness in this room. Now we, you know, we may not be the next Billy Graham. He's a great man. I love him. He's meant so much to my life. And anyone else that you can think of, you know, that you feel like is a great person. It may not be. But... It, it, that's the important thing is that you do what God wants you to do. Amen. Do what God wants you to do. Serve in the way that He wants you to. may look insignificant. Nobody may know, not know what you're doing. You may be out here in the parking lots with safety and security. You may be up here in the halls doing security with our children. You may be changing the diapers on the babies. You may be working with the outreach teams, going into different areas, schools, and different things that we do, and nobody know you, nobody even see what you're doing. It doesn't matter. You may think it's insignificant, but it isn't insignificant. Amen. So David was this man after God's own heart. He had talents and abilities that couldn't actually be seen for what they were, but it was coming. Now listen to you to this, Matthew 10, 39. If you first concern, if your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. Do you get that? If your first concern is to look out after number one, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find yourself. And not only yourself, you'll find me. And this is the Lord talking. You'll find me. You'll find real meaning. You'll find real purpose. You'll find real 
fulfillment in God. Amen? So, now, like I said, I'm not indicating that you forsake your life, your children, your family, your spouse. I'm not your job, your, you know, I'm not indicating that. But I'm saying that you need to focus on someone else other than yourself. Take your eyes off of you. You, you know, some of you in here, you have tremendous issues that you're facing in life. You don't even know what you're going to do. Can I give you a word? When Job prayed for himself, his captivity or bondage or burdens were turned. When he, not when he prayed for himself, when he prayed for others, I'll get it right. When he prayed for, you all didn't even catch that. <laughs> when he prayed for others, it turned his captivity around. So if you focus on someone else and their needs rather than yours, it'll help you. Well, remember what I told you? That I've got this way of stretching my outlines out and I don't get to them. So I did talk about who should serve. I did not get to why we should serve or how we should serve. I'll maybe do that at a different time. But here today, as I'm ending and I'm wrapping things up, I want to say this to you. Let each of us make a fresh commitment to the Lord to serve in our church, outside of our church. Let our life be a life of serving others. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.